Welcome to the number one place you should send anyone trying to get out of the rat race and build a little wealth. When you're building your portfolio, starting from the ground floor, you need something different that you never thought you'd have before. A rabbit in the hat called the Not Your Average Investor Show to inspire you, entertain you, and teach you how to grow your dough. Surrounded by a tribe with a vibe you've been seeking for. With people in your corner gonna make you really, really grow. But just how fast you'll grow, how big you'll go, you couldn't possibly know. Not at this point in time. But that's why we're here. Welcome to the Not Your Average Investor Show and Community, where we figured that most of us trying to get out of the rat race need a little bit of education and a lot of friends to help us understand complicated asset classes. And that's what we provide here with a focus on helping you get into one of the greatest long-term risk-adjusted asset classes in the history of investments, rental income properties. But don't hear from me. Join us right now to our live show already in progress. Enjoy. Welcome, everybody, to a, a special hurricane edition of the Get to Rental Legal Property of the Week. Week, 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 week. I'm your host, Pablo Gonzalez. With me, as always, the man that I affectionately call GC, because he's generous cash flows, because he's got great concepts, because he's a great ghost, and because his name is Greg Cohen. Say hello, Greg. Hello, everybody. Great to be with you. And with us also is MTM, the moments that matter, Madison the Magnificent. Say hello, Madison. You there with us? <laughs> All right, Madison's having some technical issues. She's been having a couple of technical issues. That's what happens during these times. All right, so we are good. We're live on Facebook, too. We want to welcome you all. Check in as usual. If you're joining us on a podcast later later in the future, just know that we are broadcasting live in Florida while Hurricane Ian is passing through. It's not really affecting Jacksonville too bad, which is really, really great news for us. Absolutely. So we're doing a hurricane AMA if y'all want. And, you know, if we got time, we also get into the property of the week. So um, I don't know if I just took all your thunder, but if you want to join stuff like this, go to nyais.com, sign up and join us live and uh, be part of what you see. The roll call. The baby. roll call. John Henning, our leadoff hitter, is checking in already. Good afternoon. Dean Curry from the Columbus, Ohio, is checking in in here. Good to have you, Dean. Madison's here if you need her in the chat. She's just not uh, connecting live. Jen Filson, the fairy godmother of the Natural Average Investor Show community, is with us, and she's asking correctly, Greg, is that Pablo's house? That is right. This We're is, in the studio. This, studio, this right. is my content dojo, is what I like to call it, <laughs> where I do my show on a weekly basis. We got Lee Bishop. The MVP of the community checking in with us, saying hello, everybody. We got Leo Paragonan. Paragonan. Checking in, saying good morning to all the JWB family in Jacksonville, Florida. God bless and stay safe. We're staying safe, buddy. We got Lewis Hudnell from my favorite place to mispronounce, Milipitas, California, wishing us to stay safe. Thank you, Lewis. We got the man that everybody knows, Noah Randari, saying hello, everybody. Good after- Good to see you too, bud. We got Aaron O'Neill. Into, into the lights. <laughs> Aaron O'Neill checking in with us. We love saying your name, Aaron. We got the patriarch and matriarch of the first family of the Not Average Investor Show, Ken and Carolyn Maline. We salute you. Checking in from San Quentin, Baja, California. Not too shabby. Who else we got? We got Tony D from South Florida in the house. Anthony. Anthony did a check in. Greetings, friends. And that's what we got for the roll call so far. We're it's awesome to be surrounded by so many friends and family. Thank you, everybody, for that support and whatnot. And, and like Pablo said, we're doing great here in Jackson. We're doing well. Yeah, yeah. Feel, feeling real fortunate, right? Like the I think the storm was has continually tracked further south. It has weakened quicker than they were expecting as mm-hmm. it crossed through Florida. Of course, we are you know very much thinking about our fellow Floridians in Fort Myers and Punta Gorda, where it really came in. I just found out my niece, she's in, she's going to school in Deland. So yeah. She went to New Smyrna to evacuate with some friends. I know that that house lost power. That's about two hours, two and a half hours south of here driving yeah. as, as the car drives. So, you know, definitely things happening in Florida. We're getting pretty lucky that we have this, you know, this unique environment in Jacksonville that, that allows us to not get hit by directly by storms very, very often. So yeah, yeah, not, not, that's not what, buddy. That's what we're close enough. That's, uh, all, you did, all, sure. all you did was freak me out, shaking the whole center. <laughs> oh, we got Irvine Francois checking in from Jersey, Irvine. Good to have you. 
And we got the uh, ringmaster of the Night Travel Investor community, Drew Barnhill, checking in. Anyways, that's that's kind of the overall. GC, you wanna you wanna talk about what you're seeing happening right now from the JWB perspective? Yeah, I think you know, anytime you have an important situation like this, the the strategy for our entire community and for JWB is to prepare for the worst and hope for the best. And that's what we have done. And we started those preparations as the storm started to come more into focus over the weekend. We were doing things, especially Monday, Tuesday, to set us up for success in terms of protecting life and protecting property. And so as we stand here right now, we have done those things to set us up. And we've also received better news. You know, as I woke up this morning, like you mentioned, the storm has weakened more than we were expecting even yesterday. And the storm has gone farther to the south and off to the east into the ocean, which means that we are not going to have a a hit, a direct hit here in Jacksonville and something certainly to be thankful for. So that's that's incredibly good news. Now, there's still a lot of work to be done. And we take this moment here at, at JWB as an opportunity to shine in an otherwise less than ideal situation. And so we are, our entire team is mobilized to make sure that we are doing as much as we can to protect your investment. That was done pre-storm, that's done right now, and that's done post-storm. And there's a lot of work that we're going to continue to do. But just to give you an idea, our entire team is working remotely right now. We all have, all of our departments have specific job-related or storm-related jobs to be able to take care, whether that is additional phone support for you. If you have a question, you can call JWB office and talk to somebody. Of course, for our residents, additional phone support. And there's a whole lot of in-the-field support that will happen when you know conditions get a little bit better. So we're here. We look at this as a moment to shine for all of you. The real value of investing with a vertically integrated provider is that this is an opportunity to show you how well we can perform for you so that you can have peace of mind. I understand that it's tough to look at the news and see these, you know, sometimes terrible images of what's going on in Fort Myers and think that, oh, geez, I might have, you know, a serious concern about life or my property in Jacksonville. And uh, we want you to have peace of mind going through this process that your investment is protected in a number of different ways from an insurance perspective. And then also from, you know, your eyes and ears and your team on the ground here at JWB, we're going to be working you know, through the storm and after the storm to put you in a good spot. Got it. So team is remote. Everybody's manning the phones, right? Like, is it, is this some kind of, I, I guess you did this during COVID already, right? Like you've had, you've had the dry run of emergency completely with this first thing. Mm-hmm. You have the phone set up to wire to people's phone num- to like cell phones or something like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. I, I got my cell phone here. I can be added to the call list for resident phone calls, which is one of my responsibilities on the marketing team. Comes right to my cell phone. Everybody on JWB, of course, can do it through our computers while we continue to have internet access, but we've thought about this, what happens if internet access goes out and we can't do this through our computers? Well, then everybody on my team can continue to be there to give phone support just straight through our cell phones. So really no stone unturned because we've been through this. This is our 17th year in business and all 17 years we've had storms similar to like similar to this as far as the impact of Jacksonville. So we're here to support. Got it. Got it. All right. So uh, Lee's got a question. And maybe the other community, you may have heard of him. He's asking, have any tenants called with any issues today? Do you, what, what do you know about call volume from, from residents? You know, I don't have any numbers on call volume. It's still relatively early. I, you know, I intend to get that information, actually, as we start to, to see the effects of the yeah. storm. So probably next Tuesday and next Thursday, I'll be able to have more information on, you know, the, the surge in call volume. But the reality is, yes, we are getting a lot of calls. We get a lot of calls on a regular Thursday, no matter what, because we manage 4,700 homes. So you think about just non-emergency issues, but question, right? Like what would happen if somebody was planning on moving in to a house today or moving out of a house today? What do we need to rearrange to protect life and protect property? Those are just kind of standard things that we're doing right now. So I would say from a you know, from a from an investment perspective, I have no concerns about Ian, Tropical Storm Ian, and what it does to our investments here in Jacksonville. From a business operations perspective, it is causing a lot of, you know, additional work and rework for JWB. And that's just part of it. And we're happy to do that. And my whole team has really rallied around again, shining for you in a moment like this. Talk to me about that, man. You, you Right before we kicked off the show, you're like, you know, man, like nothing is totally broken. There's no emergency. It's just a little thing is off here. A little thing is off there. It's, yeah. it's like, a, you know, t- tell me tell me what you meant by that. Well, I mean, this week was supposed to be our quarterly manager meeting. That's right. So if you could think of a week to have a hurricane, you know, come to Jacksonville and through Jacksonville, 
you know, quarterly manager meetings is when our managers and supervisors and the leadership team at JWB all go offsite and spend, you know, two to three days, depending on which person's in those meetings, offsite. And so we have been preparing for that for a quarter. And, you know, we prepared for that all the way through, you know, yesterday. And as we came to the office yesterday, we saw that the projection for what was going to happen actually sped up. Originally, we had closed the office on Thursday and Friday. And so that took those quarterly manager meetings on Thursday and Friday and said, all right, well, we're going to push those off. Then yesterday, we, of course, made the decision to close the office even earlier to protect the team. And so, you know, it's that's one example of a of something that is just not going to go according to plan. But there's a billion of those things across the landscape when you're managing, you know, 4,700 properties, you can just imagine. So, but like I said, those are, we're happy to serve. And this is, this happens routinely in Florida. It's not something that we are unprepared for. So, you know, it's, it's not exactly normal course of business, but for something like this, this is relatively normal for us. Got it. Okay. Not too bad. I don't see a lot of questions, right? So our, our plan for the show today was to answer as many hurricane questions as y'all want. We do have the property of the week to show. So (laughs) sorry, man. So if uh, I guess we're just going to go ahead and pop it on here and talk about the property of the week business as usual. If if there are any concerns or or anything like that, any questions that are hurricane related, make sure that you put it in the Q and a, and we'll get to them. But uh, for right now, GC, we're going to magically whisk ourselves away to 237 Met Street, Jacksonville, Florida, 32211. Lovely little house right here. We got a uh, purchase price of $245,000, monthly rent of $1,538. It's a four-bedroom, two-bathroom, 1,500-square-foot house. That's bigger than it looks over here, huh? Construction status is completed. Leasing status is rented. Annual appreciation of 4.6%. And a estimated ROI, what we are all buying here, of 11.63% GC. What do you like about this property? I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> really thought you'd never ask. I'll tell you what I like about this property. You know, that first line item there, the estimated return on investment, 11.6%. You know, I was reading articles on the Wall Street Journal this morning when I woke up. That's usually my routine. So I was reading the Wall Street Journal and, you know, we have made a lot of mention of the volatility of the stock market and the lack of returns in the stock market. The S&P 500 is down about 23% from a previous high right now, which means it's in a bear market. And there's reason to believe that it's going to get worse or at least more volatile in the stock market. What we haven't shed a lot of light on is just how hard it is to be able to get anywhere close to 11% returns year over year over year in any other asset class. Right. The stock market, the problem with it is that it has so much volatility. The problem is not that eventually you can earn a great return on investment. Right. The problem is that there's so much volatility. Well, when there's so much volatility, what a lot of investors do is they say, well, I'm going to go to bonds. Hmm. I'm going to go to bonds. Well, you know, what many people don't realize is that bonds are in a bear market as well. Bonds are in a bear market as well. So it's kind of it's unique. Right. Normally, when stocks are not doing so well, people go to what they believe is conservative and more consistent, and that would be bonds. But if you're as an investor right now, you're really like, where do I go? I can't put my money in stocks. I can't put my money in bonds, right? If I do put my money in bonds, I'm going to earn somewhere around maybe 4%, maybe up to 6%, depending on, a, on, on corporate bonds. But even those are struggling right now, too. And here's the big thing, earning 4% or earning 6% on your money right now doesn't cut it when inflation is 8.3%. You're actually losing every month you earn 4% when inflation is 8.3%. So what I love about this property is that this is a risk mitigated asset. You're not betting the farm on speculating on something. It's consistent. It can be easy if you work with a vertically integrated provider like JWB, and you can beat inflation with upside. So 11.6%, an environment like we have today, where there really are not a lot of alternatives that people can go to for consistency, lack of volatility, upside, beating inflation. That's the thing I love the most about this property. I do have a few other things, which I'm sure we can get into, but I just think this is such a 
an incredible thing to shine a light on at this moment. I'd love to get into that, GC. I want to ask you a quick question. I want to also hit the questions in the chat as well. What is what does a bear market mean for bonds, right? I've always thought that a bond is a bond is a bond, right? What is, what is a bear market for bonds? Yeah, we haven't talked a lot about it. I'm really glad that we're talking about it, right? A bear market would be the price of bonds dropping from uh, dropping at least 20% from a previous high. Okay. And so you can think about it in the stock market, right? Mm-hmm. When we talk about a bear market, mm-hmm. we look at something like the S&P 500, which okay. is 500 companies and seeing what their stock price is. Mm-hmm. And when the overall value of those stock prices drops 20%, mm-hmm. then we would call that a bear market. Okay. Well, bonds are the same thing. We just don't talk about bear markets and bonds as much. Do you know why? Because it never happens. Never happens. <laughs> it never happens. Yeah. You know, there's an aggregate bond fund, which is the one that I'm quoting, which is, you know, a, a combination of, you know, government bonds and triple A rated corporate bonds, which just means like the best corporate bonds you can buy. Mm-hmm. And since they put this index together mm-hmm. in 1990, they have never seen a 20% plus wow. drop in the value of bonds. Wow. Yeah. So like when we're talking about as an investor, you really don't have a good place to go if you're looking for your traditional investments. That's what I mean. And that's why there's so much money, especially from Wall Street firms. That's why so much money is coming into single family rental properties. Is that so when I think about a bear market in stocks, I'm thinking I have the stock that's worth X and I'm holding it and I just lost 20%. Is that how it is in bonds or have the bonds? Is it like, is the holder of a bond losing 20% or is it just the next person to buy a bond is losing 20% on what they can gain? No, on? it's it's the holder of the bond. Jesus. Okay. Yeah. But here's the thing. As a bond holder, you might make historically somewhere between, you know, 3% to maybe 6% mm-hmm. on your money annually in the form of it's cash flow, right? It's a coupon is what it's called, but it's just cash flow like we have in a rental property. Mm-hmm. And so you have the option of just holding on to that bond through maturity, getting all of your principal back, plus that three to maybe 6% coupon every single year. Mm -hmm. So you have the ability to hold on to it through maturity. But if you don't want to hold on to it through maturity, maturity might be two years, it might be 10 years, Mm -hmm. it might be 30 Mm -hmm. years, right? If you don't want to hold on to it, then you need to sell it. Got it. And then you'd be selling it. It's the liquidity of the bond. It's it's the secondary market of the bond. And so, yeah, so it's liquidity. So you typically have a higher floor in bonds, but not right now. And that's Mm -hmm. just because we're in such a volatile overall economic landscape. And so, yeah, so that's why this is the time to look at your overall portfolio. And if you have had too much of your money in the stock market and in bonds, this is a time to look about diversifying out of that. That doesn't mean take all of your money out of stocks and bonds, right? But it just means don't have all of your money in stocks and bonds, right? There's a place for single family rental properties, which is, you know, there's just no, I don't see any other asset. I won't say any other. I haven't investigated all of them, but I don't see many asset classes out there that have positive short-term and long-term projections like we have here. It's pretty legit, man. It's pretty legit. That right there is what I call a golden nugget that we're going to clip out and post on the JWB YouTube channel. If you're on YouTube, check it out. And while you're at it, you may have noticed that this is being done live in front of an audience. If you want to be part of the show, go to nyais.com. That's not your average investor show, nyais.com register and join us on a Tuesday or Thursday at 1230 Eastern. Trust me, it's as fun as it sounds. Now let's get it back to me and GC kicking it with our not your average investor homies. All right. So took the property off the screen. If you're joining us a little late because the ticker has gone up since we uh, started, right? This is our usual property of the week. But we are prioritizing any questions or concerns you may have about the hurricane, let you know what's going on here. You know, to be perfectly frank, Greg, you were not going to be on this call. You were going to be on manager meetings. You're like, you know what? I'm going to show up to the show to just, as a leader, show everybody that everything's okay. Yeah. So this that's also part of it. It's like, we are still, we are right now in my my personal home office, which I call my content dojo, broadcasting the show where I normally do my own show on Mondays, if you ever want to come. But um, 
Let's get into these questions. So Gerard Wendling is asking, can we get a view out the window? Gerard, I would love to do that. Uh, two reasons I can't do it right now is one, I close the blinds so that the lighting in here is good. And two, I got them. It, it's not my usual thing because I have like the cables all messed up and I can't move the camera. Yeah. But if you want to get on Pablo's bad side, start messing with his content dojo here <laughs> and all the systems. I know I'm not going to mess with that, yeah. but I got something for you. I actually just went live in the yeah. group, Gerard. So hopefully you're a member of our Facebook group. If you're not, or if anybody would like to see what it actually looks like out the window here, you can go to www.jwdfacebookgroup.com. And I've been going live every day. And so I just, I just did one about 10 minutes ago and I actually showed what the street looks like and the rain. And I really think that at a time like this, it's important just to spend time with you guys and to be highly visible. This is something that we all learned the importance of this as we started this show two and a half years ago and went through the pandemic there. So that's the mode that we are in right now, that I'm in right now. I'm going to be going live and giving you updates. And, uh, you know, of course, wouldn't want to miss an opportunity to be here with you on the show, especially at an important time like this. For the record, Gerard said, okay, was kind of joking. (laughs) (laughs) Gotcha, buddy. You got us. We got got. Yeah, man. I think that that's really, I have been part of companies that when the stuff hits the fan, leadership wants to cower, right? Like wants to disappear. They're just, people know what's going on. Let me get some space. Like, I I think there is a lot to be said of your emotional intelligence as a leader and the way that JWB operates for you to be like, nah, you know what? It's, it's better to, to show up today. Any news is better than no news, right? Like that, that creates more chaos. And, you know, we're here to be, to be vulnerable and and, and let you know what's going on. And luckily what's going on is not too shabby, right? Well, thank you, buddy. And I think the the platform of the show gives me the opportunity to have that interaction with, with everybody. So I look back and I think that's one of the greatest things that we did two and a half years ago is having this platform and, and, and we get to hang out with our buddies here on the call. We got 50 or so friends that show up every single week. So They know I don't know it all, but I'm always going to be here. And I think that's important. Agreed. So on that on that note, Laura McElroy is asking, how is Jacksonville faring with the weather so far? I would say not too bad, right? Like I, I've been I've been able to walk my dog. Like he gets a little wet, but it's not honestly, I've been I've been in worse storms yeah. that aren't hurricanes. Yeah. How would you say how would you describe it's, it? It I always go, I tread lightly when we're talking about this because yeah. there are folks that are in other parts of the country that have never been in a storm before. Yeah. And then we in Florida are very used to, you know, bad storms. It's just yeah. a part of it. So on the Florida radar of bad storms, this is not a bad storm. On the radar, if you're, you know, a different part of the country, it may be, yeah. you know, just giving you just real facts. It's a tropical storm is what we are experiencing now and what we, we are expected to experience through tomorrow morning. So that means we have winds expected between 40 miles an hour. You know, hurricane winds start at 75 miles per hour. You know, what I'm seeing and what Pablo is seeing as we live pretty close to each other here in Jacksonville is, you know, what, 20, 30 mile per hour winds? Right now, so. I just pulled it up here, 33 mile an hour. Wind. 30 mile, yeah. You know, driving outside right now on the way over here, I saw a lot of palm fronds on the street. I saw one tree that is like a very small tree that had one sap, you know, part of the 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 trunk had just, it was a very small part of the, the tree and it had blown over and, and I passed about a billion trees between here and there. You know, so the effects that we're seeing right now Certainly not the worst that we were expecting. I hope that continues. And the, the track of the storm moving the way it is, is really good news. And why we're, we're hopeful that it continues in this path, because it's not a direct hit for Jacksonville. It's out of that cone. And so, you know, as you get farther and farther away from the cone, this, the the effect should be less. So yeah, I'm gonna share. I'm gonna share the current cone right now. Just do a little Hurricane 101 for those of y'all that haven't lived through this a dozen times. Yeah, <laughs> like like Floridians, right? So this is the this is the current path of the storm. All right. Let me just move some stuff around so I can see it better. Current path of the storm. You know, this graphic here shows that it is offshore already, so it's not on land. But this is the eye of the storm, right? And this trajectory is the eye of the storm. If you were to go to like a satellite image you're probably going to see a whole bunch of like weather bands and stuff all around here, which is the outer walls and the inner walls and all the, all the, you know, what they call the bands of the storm. I feel like, I feel like I'm doing my, uh, you're doing great. This, this is funny, man. This is literally just from having watched this on TV a hundred times. Right? <laughs> you see the outer bands. Normally I'm, I'm just going to go straight into it, man. The, 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 the hard part of the storm is usually this like wall where it's, where it's like going forward. And then the backside is what's called the dirty side. Right. So like, 
this like frontal part where it hits, that's the wind shear. And then behind it is the like really wet kind of sloggy stuff, right? So as we can see, the worst part of it, you know, kind of went through this way and is coming out and is out in the Atlantic already. We are still experiencing bands up here because if you look at a satellite image, this thing is probably about like half the size of Florida if you look at the circumference. But that being said, you know, it's a hurricane, it's a tropical storm. Um, as you get further away from the circle of it, it's less and less, right? So if a tropical storm is like 65 miles an hour, we're way out here, we're experiencing 37 mile an hour winds. And that's and that's what we're living through right now as a, as a Floridian, you know, like that type of stuff happens semi-regularly. I was talking to a friend of mine in Atlanta who was saying, why don't you come up here, you know, if you need anything. And then they were like, actually, you know what? It's funny because we're not built for this, right? Like, yeah. like a like a tropical storm may hit land, reduce itself to a tropical depression, go over an area like Atlanta or inland South Carolina or 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 North Carolina and cause complete havoc. Right. But we as a yeah. state have our building codes, our street codes, like everything is emergency response, emergency response, like resiliency yeah. plans. It's like you know a major snowstorm hits Atlanta and Atlanta is completely shut down with like an inch of snow. Yeah. Right. It's that same. It, there's, there's a similar That's effect. Or here. Dallas or whatever. Right. And we've lived that in the, in the last like five or six years, right? Yeah. Like a freak snow. If a freak snowstorm was to hit, you know, like an inch of snow were to hit Jacksonville, we'd be paralyzed. Yeah. We wouldn't be able to move. But give us a tropical depression and we're not doing too shabby. Yeah. Right. So I, I think that's kind of good perspective. Yeah. I think so. Cool. And I, and I think it's important to note, For those who might be first-time investors or the first time that you have been through a storm is that, you know, insurance is here to protect in situations like this. And you all have property insurance on your your properties if you bought them through us, right? Because, you know, it's a part of the purchase process and, and whatnot. So that insurance is here to give you peace of mind. And, you know, your coverages have been recommended by us when you purchased your properties. You have an incredible insurance teammate with the Ritchie Insurance Group. So you're set up for success to make sure that your investment is protected, right? In the event that a storm would have a different path than we just saw here for Ian, and it just completely knocked out your property, from an investment perspective, you're still going to be okay because the insurance payouts are there to protect you. And so, again, I I want this to be a peace of mind situation. It should be a peace of mind situation from an investment perspective. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm sitting here, and you guys know I own over 300 rental properties, and I'm I haven't had one conversation with my business partners about concern about our properties because we have insurance. The next thing to pay attention to is, of course, you know, well, the first thing to pay attention to is life. And we, of course, take care of all those precautions. But but after that, it's just making sure that people and our team and the, the maintenance related issues are handled on a on a, a priority basis and handled well. And that's where we step in as a vertically integrated provider and provide that additional level of support and that peace of mind. And so uh, I want you guys to rest easy knowing that your investments are protected on many levels here. Yeah, that's funny. So Drew's saying in Atlanta, half an inch of snow shut them down for three days. And Blattner, David Blattner is saying they won't even close the schools here for 10 inches in, in Massachusetts. <laughs> Same as Florida when it comes to you know right. this type of stuff, right? So I think that that's good perspective. Speaking of insurance, Raj Bantu in the house, he is asking, are the insurance premiums in Florida likely to go up due to hurricane damage in Southwest Florida? You know, I I haven't heard anything about that. I've been texting with Whitney Ritchie earlier today, and she's been bringing me up to speed on how insurance is handled in times like this. It's always good for me to get a refresher course. And and she didn't mention anything to me about this resulting in higher premiums. You know, we have dealt with a large amount of storms in the state of Florida in our in our recent history, and some of them have been catastrophic, mm-hmm. right? And and some of them had very damaging effects from wind and tornadoes and flooding and whatnot. And what we're seeing from Ian so far is not that, right? This is not, I mean, it was really bad when it hit Fort Myers. Storm surge in Fort Myers. And it was really, really bad. But what happened here is that was a category four, which is very noteworthy. And I don't want to diminish that. But normally a category four storm slowly retreats to a category three and slowly retreats to a category two. Yep and a one, and and so on and so forth, you had a rapid weakening of the storm, which is where we're just thankful and blessed that that happened. Yeah. But it, it became a category one very quickly. And now is a as a tropical storm, or at least that's where, what we're going to be expected to experience here in Jacksonville. So 
that's a big benefit for us all. We got Shelly Johnson checking in, who's from B-Town, from Bradenton, right, which is very close to the area that's impacted. Shelly's checking in just now. She says she just logged in from Bradenton. Internet just came back on after Ian, which is awesome to hear, Shelly. Really happy that you're okay and that things are going well and you got power and internet, right? Yeah. Thank um, you so much for being here. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a great data point. Good to hear. All right. Well, before we go back into the property, you you mentioned the whole like vertically integrated thing, GC. Like let talk talk to me about the experience of if you're investing in other parts of the country or you're investing in other parts of Florida, like what people need to look out for, why the value of really looking for a vertically integrated partner is there when it comes to these types of times. Yeah, I just compare it to if you are buying a rental property and you live in California and you, you love the Jacksonville market, but you decided to do it on your own or the way that most people told you to do it, which was to just hire a property management company mm-hmm. and and what you would typically be doing right now. You know, most property management companies might manage somewhere around 30 to maybe 100 properties mm-hmm. under management. You know, there is such value with your contractors when you are a, the majority of their income source. I mean, let's just be honest. When you only manage 30 properties, maybe upwards to 100 properties, as a property management company, you are not going to be the majority of the income for those contractors. And your contractors, and the reason we invest so heavily in our relationships with our contractors is because we need them here right now for you. And so JWB is the majority of the income for our builders and for our contractors. And other than them being great people, which they are, the fact that we are the majority of their income matters. And so when you are, if you were doing it the normal way and you lived in California, you just had a property management company, you're going to wait days, weeks, you know, for your issues to be taken care of. You're not going to see that with JWB. We have top priority for, from our contractors. And as soon as the conditions are safe out there, they're out there putting tarps on roof. If that's what's happened, if a tree has come down, they're taking care of that. And so you're going to see that shine here for, for JWB. The other thing is just staff. You know, most property management companies, the way that they were formed, it's usually kind of like an accidental formation of the property management company. They were real estate agents and they wanted an additional source of ancillary income. And they said, well, sure, we'll manage 20 properties for our friends and whatnot. Yeah. Their staffing, you know, typically is five people in the office that wear every single hat, right? We have about a hundred people at JWB. So when I'm talking about everybody on the team and all hands on deck, that's like a hundred customer service reps for you right now that are mobilized. Yeah. Right. And so your experience is going to be much better. Your communication, right? The fact that I can be here with you and I don't need to direct the team. The team is directing themselves and our other levels of leadership are directing the team. This is what you get when you invest with a vertically integrated company. As I mentioned, it's great when you're investing with a company when times are good. But when times aren't great, that's when you really separate yourself and you'll see the value of those decisions when you invested with the team first. And that's what we preach all the time. Yeah, man. As you say that, two things come to mind. One is, so as you know, my whole platform and everything I preach is about community and this and that. And it's becoming a big trend in business. And somebody that I met at that conference that I spoke to a couple of weeks just published a book called The Accidental Community Manager. Oh, yeah? Right. Because that's what has happened, right? Like people have, it went from like social media management to community management to now community is an actual thing. And people have just kind of like fallen into that line of work. Yeah. So it's very like, you know, people identify with it. I feel like that's very similar for property management, right? Like not, yeah. not a lot of not a lot of kids in college or in high school thinking I want to be a property manager when I grow up. It's just kind of like an opportunist person yeah. that sees it as a business model, does it. And all of a sudden you look back and five years later, you're managing 20 properties and yeah. you got a little business going on, not deliberately built like a Jim Collins, good to great book, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. which we talk about all the time, the data flywheel, the, the compounding advantage of focusing on one thing and the externalities, the idea that you are so you know, that you have one person on your ownership team that's literally just thinking 10 years out all the time and acting on that. Right. It's just very, very different. Man. I really like that parallel. And I was wondering, as you were you were talking, I'm like, well, why did that start to happen for the accidental community manager? And why, why do we have companies like JWB who are arranging the best and the brightest talent to be able to serve the property management space and the asset management space? Why is that happening? You know, it's the old adage, like follow the money. 
Yeah. Right. Follow the money. Right. Why are community managers? Why is that a thing now? Why do we spend so much time building this community? It's because we see that community is like the best parts of business. It's more fun, right? You can have more income coming from the same people who are already buying your stuff. Yeah. And it's like this incredible form of insurance too for a business, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, you know, you have this, this community that you can interact with. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's why you're seeing more people flock to that space. Yeah. In the property management space, Wall Street didn't always love property management companies. Like JWB, we saw this 17 years ago. We said, well, we love this, right? And and this is what we're going to do. But you're seeing more and more people, you know, from an institutional capital perspective, come to rental properties. And it's because they see this asset class as being so much better than their other alternatives. And so you're starting to see more and more companies invest in community. And you're starting to see $50 billion come from the single, from Wall Street into the single family rental space and property management space. And so even our section here of property management is starting to grow up, yeah. which is interesting. Yeah. It's a really cool comparison, man. Yeah. 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 Like, I like how you, I, I like how you validated the whole value of community. <laughs> so, you know, I really care about that. And compare. I know the way to your heart. Yeah. You know the way to your heart. <laughs> Flattery and community. The other thing I think about is the purchasing power that JWB has versus other people, right? Like this vertical integration of being in one market and therefore all your eggs are in that basket. So you make it a really sweet basket. Yeah. And I think about your long-term relationships with service providers. I think about me having come from the contracting world, how when the person that has the most kind of like purchasing power for the year says jump at a moment's notice, I say how high, especially when everybody else is like in high demand. And I think of that as this like incredible moat advantage, right? Like insurance plan, how you just put it. What do the next, what do you think the next couple of days are going to look like for the JWB team, for residents, kind of like the operation? Really busy for us, really busy for all of our vendors and all of our staff. You know, it's it's going to be really busy no matter how how damaging the storm would be because there's just a level that we need to get to to get our eyes and ears on, you know, 500 active construction projects to make sure that things are just are buttoned up for our investors, right? There's a level of communication from for our residents. We want to make be there to handle any issues and I guarantee you people are calling in right now even if there's not an issue because yeah. There's an elevated level of concern just because of the nature of a storm. You know, we want to communicate to all of our clients as well. This is a good time to kind of like share what that communication is going to look like for you as a client. You know, of course, we're prioritizing all of our service on those who are the most affected right now, which is largely residents and largely our vendor base to make sure that we can streamline the process for them. And of course, clients who have properties that were affected. Right. That's where the the focus is for us in the coming days after the storm. So what that means is that if there is an issue for you as a client, you're going to hear about it from our team. It's a priority to keep you in the loop and let you know the plan to solve it. If you do not have an issue, no news is good news from JWB. Okay, doesn't make sense for us to prioritize reaching out to everybody right now because that would lessen the service for those who need it the most right now. Mm. So no news is good news as a client of JWB in the short run, as we're prioritizing. If there is an issue, you will hear from us and it will be uh, very quick. So a lot of work to be done, which is kind of like we started talking about. What are the things that are just a little bit different, a little bit off? Yeah, yeah. You know, this is is just a whole lot of additional work for JWB. But as I mentioned, this is why we're here. We really believe this is a moment to shine. And, you know, we've talked a lot about the power of vertically integrated companies. And I would love to hear how you feel about this. But when I'm talking about how important it is to invest with the team, I feel like every other company out there talks about how great their team is. Mm-hmm. And so just simply by talking about our team, it lacks differentiation. If you don't know, if you're not a client, right? You're probably hearing this from everybody. Like your team, like our team's the best. Our team, Everybody says their team's the best. You know, I'm constantly looking for situations, real tangible of situations where I can say, this is different when you invest it with a vertically integrated company like JWB than if you don't. And that's a moment for us to shine. And so I think we are looking at this moment as one of those to shine for you all and really validate the decision that you made to invest with us here and put your your heart and money with us. It's funny you bring that up, GC, because as I, as you know, I have built a business around the success that we have created here. 
And one of the, one of the key kind of like indicators that I have found that really benefits people to like run this play, right? Like this internet talk show weekly with your clientele is companies that greatly value team that greatly value culture. Cause it's very easy to say we got the best team, but not everybody has a win loss record, like a professional sports team that you can really hammer. Right. So it's like these shows, these moments like we had in COVID, Mm -hmm. like we're having now are a unique opportunity for companies and, you know, owners of companies and entrepreneurs to really showcase, peel the curtain back, show what your leadership is doing at a time of, uh, at a time of, you know, some chaos, show how the team is responding. That shows how much preparation has happened in the last 15 years (laughs) that lead to this moment. So yeah, when you, when you, when you're telling me that I am uniquely, in these conversations of quantifying the value of having built a great company culture right. and having created a talent destination and then allowing your team to go win on the field right. in an infinite game that doesn't have a scoreboard, right? Yeah. So like, I think it's moments like this where you really are able to, to show it. Yeah. And you know, it. it's, it's like I mentioned, it's not always when things are going good that you need a team to have your back. It's when things aren't going good and you're, you know, a few thousand miles away and it's your first time that you're putting you know, $200,000 into a portfolio of, you know, three rental properties and you just closed last month and everybody is watching the news and you live in California, everybody's watching the news and texting you and saying, oh, geez, are you worried about your rental properties? It's that feeling that you have when you're on a show like this and you're hearing from me about how we're prepared and how we're handling this. Like, this is who I'm speaking to. And that's how you know the value and you feel it. And, you know, and that's, that's real. That's what our clients get to feel, you know, because, because that's the value of a vertically integrated company. Love it, bro. Love it. All right, man. Let's get back to the. There's no more questions about it. Let's do. You had a couple more things that you love about this property. Did you see? Yeah. Let's let's go back to this magical location over here with this adorable little house and two three seven Met Street. What what else do you love about this property? Well, look at that. Look at that line item right there next to leasing status already rented. Again, mm-hmm. in this environment right now, there's still such a lack of supply. So it's really hard to buy an asset, like to look at something like this and know that you could actually just call JWB and buy something like this and start the closing process. That's just not not real in the investing landscape today. But in addition to that, it's the ability to buy something that is cash flow positive from day one. Mm. It's already rented. And the cool thing is you're seeing more and more of these on the property of the week for yeah. JWB, yeah. right? I think yeah. you've noticed it, yeah. right? I've seen prices rise and the home is usually rented. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Again, this goes back to the value of a vertically integrated company, right, Pablo? As we've done our quarterly client calls, you've seen the tremendous number of properties that we have been building mm-hmm. for quarters now, mm-hmm. right? Yep. We have done that for quarters and quarters and quarters, right? We're going to build somewhere around 500 houses this year when it's all said and done. We're not going to sell 500 houses this year. We're building in advance. We build as much as we possibly can. And we do that because if we can get ahead of builds versus the ones that we're selling, then I can bring more assets to you that are already rented because the house is built. We own it. We fill the home with a great resident on a long-term lease. And then we can start to market the home for sale to a client. And for you, you all win because then you have one less thing to think about. You don't have to trust me that we're going to rent it very quickly. Yeah. It's already rented. Yeah. Reduce variables in an infinitely variable scenario. Yeah. So yeah. this is a part of the plan. I'm not, I'm not saying every property is rented at this point, but this is the trajectory that mm-hmm. we're on. And so what that allows you to do is to walk into this asset day one, it's cash flow positive. And there's that little note at the bottom there that I put, you know, just by the value of the investment, it's cash flow positive. But this is extra cash flow positive, and it comes in the form of a $1,200 buyer credit, and this is paid at closing. Pablo, this is like you buying this property, you bringing your down payment to buy the property, and you leaving with a $1,200 check Mm -hmm. as well. So it actually reduces the amount of capital you had to bring to closing. So like it's putting money in your bank account right at closing. And this is done because there's a rent credit, because sometimes we acquire properties that have uh, that are under rented at this point in time. And then we see what the market rent of that home really is. And we're so confident that that market rent is going to be achievable mm-hmm. that we're willing to give you a buyer credit to make sure that you see the full potential of the return on investment. And so I really love this property because it's available, because it's already rented. 
And then this buyer credit gives you $1,200 right off the bat to really juice your returns. And you just don't get that in the normal landscape right now. That's awesome, man. Makes me think of that scene in Goodwill Hunting where uh, he's he gets like hired for it. Like he's like gets asked to go to a job interview, but he sends his friend instead. And it's, uh, you know, so like Matt Damon's the genius right. that everybody's trying to hire. Ben Affleck is his idiot friend. And he's in there at the job. And Ben Affleck's at the job interview playing Matt Damon. And he's just like, you know, if you could just give me a hundred bucks right now, if I could walk out of here with a hundred bucks in my pocket, I'd really consider this offer some more. <laughs> I was wondering where you were going with that one. I didn't see the connection until the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, he's like, he's like yeah, I just feel a lot better about this if I just walked out of here with a hundred bucks in my pocket. Um, so anyways, so that being said, you see, so I recently, my latest home had like an $8,000 buyer credit, uh-huh. right? And we've, Martha and I have had this conversation a couple of times about like, I mean, is that really a credit or am I just paying more in closing costs? Like, why wouldn't it just come off the price? Like, yeah. what, you know, like, what's the shell yeah. game there? Like, or is there, a shell, you know, like, explain yeah. to me more how that works. So there's different types of credits. Yeah. So what you had was a maintenance credit or a construction credit. This is a rent credit. Okay. So a rent credit is when, as I mentioned here, the, the value of the rent on this one is actually higher than what it's rented for right now. Okay. And so we have a resident in there. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, we look at the difference. And we give the new buyer a credit of the difference for a two-year period. Mm-hmm. So it happens to be rented, under-rented by $50 a month right now. And so $50 a month, you know, gets you to $1,200 of a buyer credit after, after two years there. So that's that buyer, or that's that rent credit. Okay. Now, rent credits are paid at closing. Okay. We just pay it right off the bat to you. Now, construction credits are different. Mm-hmm. Construction credits are held as an actual credit on the books of JWB. So construction credits are held uh, on the books of JWB. Basically, we wait to see when those construction costs come in. Mm-hmm. And so when those construction costs come in, it takes away from the amount of money you would have to pay for that construction item as it comes. So that's the different. That's why you haven't really felt the $8,000 of mm-hmm. impact in your bank account right now. Yeah. But you see it over time when it comes to construction credits. And the main reason why we do it that way is there's a lot of moving parts when it comes to maintenance. Like, for example... Sometimes there's a maintenance issue that your resident caused, Mm -hmm. but when the contractor comes out to fix the issue, we're going to charge you right off the bat, even though it's a maintenance, it's for your, it's your resident's responsibility to pay it. Mm -hmm. And we do that because it's important to fix the issue very quickly. Mm -hmm. Then what we do is we back charge that resident. Mm -hmm. So they might pay it with their next rent over 30 days. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of moving parts. And so that's why we don't just give you the construction credit right now. There's a lot of moving parts. There's certain approvals. And we want to make sure that we're not like giving all of the money right now to you. And then for you to be hit with, you know, if you had an $8,000 construction credit, that would ex- that would mean we're expecting $8,000 of costs coming to you in the form of construction mm-hmm. over time. And so we want to make sure that that money's there to pay for that construction item when it's, when it's happening. So yeah. there you go. So there's no, there is no like mixing of funds and closing credit, right? Like it's a completely separate thing. Completely separate. Completely separate that comes out of a different bank account. It just comes out of like JWB coffers kind of thing or? Yeah, it's a it's a, a seller credit at uh-huh. closing. So you'll see it as a line item on closing if it's a rent credit. Mm-hmm. If it's a construction credit, I don't, you don't see it on the, on the HUD. It's just something that is held back for you in escrow for on in JWB. Uh, internally. And if it was a rent credit, why wouldn't it just come off of the purchase price? Well, it's better for you for it to come in the form of $1,200. Like for example, if it just came off the purchase price, a part of that, it would you wouldn't see the full impact of that as, as far as dollars. Like for example, because you, mm. you put 25% down, yeah, right? So it's most beneficial for you for it to be paid as a credit because you would actually see $1,200 in your bank account. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Okay. All right. That makes sense. Cool, man. Great explanation. Yeah. This is awesome, man. I love the question. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's been something that we've been talking about, you know, like a bunch, right? Cause we've been going through all this. Awesome, man. Well, we don't have a lot of other questions. This is this house available right now, GC? It is. Okay. Yeah. So, so. And, you know, as I mentioned, our team is working hard. Not only, you know, could a client call in and, and talk about this property or one that's very similar to it. I want to let everybody know I'm seeing the, the homes rented emails continue to fire off. Mm. You know, give special credit to uh, our leasing team and Giuliano. I was checking the email earlier today. Giuliano is a great member of our team. And he rented a house first thing this morning, right? Homes are continuing to be rented mm-hmm. in a safe manner where people are protected, but we do a lot of this virtually anyways. So again, this is the value of working with the team 
who can continue to perform in less than ideal situations. So, you know, ready to perform from a sales perspective, from a renting perspective, from a management perspective, we're here for you. Madison chatting in the chat saying that that was going to be her good news. GC, why don't we just tell everybody why we didn't start with Madison Chair's good news? Well, you know, I just think, you know, I think this is a really sensitive time yeah. for people. And, you know, I always want to be here with you front and center to, to handle any questions or concerns. And, you know, I think we had relatively few concerns that we talked about yeah. here, which is which is really wonderful. But, yeah. you know, I just want you to know that I'm here. And if you have the tough questions, if you're 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 just not feeling good about certain things, you've never been through this before. I just wanted to make sure that I was here to share that. So I did steal a little bit of Madison's good news and I apologize, Madison, but <laughs> hopefully she'll forgive me. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, man, I appreciate that. And and if you, this is your first time coming, we're usually a lot more like jovial and jokey around you. I think we kind of learned that lesson with COVID. <laughs> we learned a lot. <laughs> we learned a lot. Early on in COVID, we didn't take it as seriously and then we felt like real jerks afterwards. Yeah. So, you know, I think at the end of the day, we're here to we're here to have a frank conversation when it needs to be had. And the rest of the time, we're here to educate, entertain, and inspire. There we go. Right? Last question, asking for a friend. Are you ever coming back to my content dojo? Do I get the invitation? Was, was I heard there, I get, what, chicken cacciatore as well? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, get, I get lunch with the content dojo. Hey, man. You serve me lunch when I go to JWP. <laughs> I serve you lunch when you go to JWP. Let's go get that lunch, man. Let's go get that lunch. All right, fam. We'll see you on Tuesday when we do our Not Your Average Invest in Insight Market Insights. We are leading off with a, an interesting thing that Jen fills and sent in, right? Like we want your suggestions coming to us. We are talking about this idea of is it better to buy a college fund or to buy a rental property that is cash flowing to pay for your kids' college that's coming up and how that would happen and a bunch of other stuff. We got John Burns's monthly report, monthly call. We're going to discuss. His name is not Ken Burns. I don't know if you ever heard about that. And a couple of other things that we're going to talk about. So we hope to see you on Tuesday for the rest of our neighbors here in Florida. We hope that this hurricane isn't impacting them too poorly and too bad and everybody recovers well here in Jacksonville. We're doing pretty good. Do you see any last words? Just thank you all for the outpouring of love and support. We have gotten phone calls and text messages and emails and comments and on social media. And you all are just so supportive. And I'm really happy to, to report that. We think it's going to be a little bit better than what we were expecting. We'll continue to keep you updated. I'm going to continue to go live in the group over the course of the coming days. And then, you know, we'll, we'll do a little post-storm recap next week as well. So thank you, everybody. Shout out to Shelly Johnson and B-Town and everybody that's doing okay on the West Coast. As you know, if you want to build a company that shows up, you want to build a great team that you can showcase when times are tough, you just can't run it like an average person. See you next time. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you listening to this podcast. Sending one of these episodes to a buddy or dropping us a review would be awesome. But what I really want you to do is go to nyais.com, register and join us live on a Tuesday or Thursday. Seriously, when are you going to do it? When are you going to be the next Lee, the next Jen, the next Nadim, the next Ken, the next Marilyn Cotterman from Homosassa, Florida, the next Hervé Francois, so I can butcher your name for a while and then become your buddy, the next Bill Shields to come up with a hilarious new way to introduce yourself every time I do the roll call. You get the point. We got a bunch of amazing folks. We want you to be a part of it. Join us live on the show. Go to nyais.com register join us at least one tuesday or one thursday a month at 12 30 i promise it's as fun as it sounds hope to see you on the show i promise you will not be treated like an average investor